Welcome to the Business Family Marriage Podcast with Tim Smoyer. This is his personal podcast where he shares what he's learning about growing a seven-figure business while also raising seven children and deepening his relationship with his wife at the same time. He shares what he's learning, what's worked, what hasn't, what he's trying next to grow a fruitful business, family, and marriage. For more on that today, here's Tim. Well, hello. Good to see you guys again. It is evening for me. Kids are all in bed. My wife is out at a going away party for a friend of ours who is moving out of town. And so I just had some time before going to bed here. thought I would do another episode of this marriage, or I'm sorry, business, family marriage podcast. Um, just going to get a couple episodes out and published uh, before I slow down on them a little bit. I uh, just wanted to get some some content out to kind of seed the podcast here in the beginning before I promote it a little bit. But I want to talk with you guys, like something I've been thinking about a while uh, is, um, I learned this in, in the context of my business, of like the things that capture people's hearts for our business. Like the things that, 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 the signals that someone needs to have in order to quickly fall in love with our brand, with our, with our, in our business. And, I saw them work amazingly well in growing YouTube channels and in and, and, uh, getting people to fall in love with businesses and buy products and things. There's seven signals. I'll share them with you in a second. But these seven things that, that someone needs to pick up on in order to quickly feel like they're forming a human connection with you and your brand, your business, and everything. And I, I've been using them in business for a while. And then when I, I started, I, I, I heard a story and two different stories, and I'll tell you that share through you that story here in a little bit. And as I heard them, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Like that one story about that one family has all seven elements of it in there, and that's what makes their like that 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 family story so much more compelling than this other story, which is kind of like a normal typical American story, family story. And I was like, "That one sounds boring. Like, why is it?" I'm like, "Oh, like the same elements." That the, the same signals that make it easy for someone to fall in love with our brand are the same signals that make it easy for easier for us to capture our kids' hearts for our families. That makes it easier for our kids to fall in love with our family, and and, and capturing their hearts for who are we? What, what are we all, what are we all about? And so rather than letting like marketing genius just capture our kids' hearts for their products and brands and services, I'm like. What if I can use this tool to to like really do the same thing for my kids and my and my family? So let's talk about it on the on the business side first of all. Um, when I you know there's a this is all based on a book called Primal Branding. The author's name is Patrick Hanlon, and if you've been around my stuff, video creators before for almost any length of time, you've probably heard me talk about this before. It's, it's nothing new. Uh, uh, and what he does in that book is he looks at all the top brands that develop cult-like audiences and cult-like followings. And he just asks the question, what did all these brands do? What do they all have in common that made it easy for people to fall in love with, with their brand? That made it easy for people to buy everything that they sell and want to become a part of everything that brand's a part of and become brand advocates for them and, and everything. And he breaks down these seven elements of what he calls the primal code. And I'll go, and basically there, there's, there's seven things. Number one, there is a, um, 
there's a creation story. That is, like, we need to know the brand's backstory. Who are they? How did they get to where they are today? What are they, like, what is that creation story? So if it's like Apple, for example, right? You know, you got Steve Jobs, you know his backstory of going from, from um, starting the company to leaving to bankruptcy to coming back and everything like there's that there's there's that story, so we and so even for me like even for you guys to care a little bit about this podcast you need to know a little bit about who Tim Schmoyer is and so that's why on the very first episode here of this like I had the guy who's actually responsible for my wife and I meeting do the intro so you get a little bit about that backstory. About like how I, when I was a youth worker, I got married. I was making only fourteen thousand six hundred dollars a year, and uh, and and now we are married, have seven kids, running a seven-figure business, and and work with some of the, working some of the top brands. You know, I've, I've done YouTube strategy for Disney and Warner Brothers and eBay and Budweiser and HBO and and top you know multi-million subscriber channels some on, on YouTube and. Uh, lots of cool things. So, uh, so knowing my backstory is like something that you guys like. It provides context for the brand. Uh, in this case, the Tim Schmoyer brand, um, but for for any brand out there. Okay, that's the first thing. Number two, then what 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 Patrick Hanlon discovered is that we also need to know their creed. Not just who are they and where did they come from, but we need to know what do they believe. Why do they exist? Like, and what what is what are they all about? And so you guys have heard, hopefully heard from me that I believe that YouTube is an amazing place to reach people and change lives, and that I believe that there's a there's a cross section between business and family that can really make both our businesses and our families really fruitful and successful. And the skills we learn in one can really impact the fruitfulness of the other. Uh, so it's like, what do you believe? And, and the, and the strongest communities online and offline, they revolve around shared beliefs. Sometimes people think they revolve around common interests, but they don't. A common interest just means you have something to talk about, but a shared belief will make us feel like we're connected to each other in some way. So, uh, the book, his book goes in way more detail about that, but we need to know what, what we believe, uh, that, that creed. Uh, number three, and these are no, no particular order. There's... The icons, like what are the visual representations that when I see that, it makes me think of your brand, you know, um, the, the icon, something iconic could be like a video set on YouTube or on television or, you know, when you see certain types of footage, uh, survivor on television, you know, there you have that, those icons, the bandanas, uh, if you're thinking Apple, it's the, or it's literally the Apple, but the stores are iconic as well. And every time you see an Apple commercial, it's got to have that sterile white background, right? Like there's a lot of things that are just iconic that just when we see it, it makes us think of that, of that brand. For me, I, my hat tends to be iconic, but, um, but, but we need those, those iconic things. Uh, we also need, I think we're on number four, <laughs> rituals, which are just the repeated interactions that people grow to love and expect with your brand. So this is you know, if you're a Do Perfect fan on YouTube, it's the pound it noggin, see ya, right at the end of our video. It's the bro fist, if you're PewDiePie, um, if, if it's your Dave Ramsey person, you know, it's like, hey, Dave, how you doing? Doing better than I deserve, right? That is a creed as well as a ritual. Uh, if he just said, doing fine, good, people would be like, whoa, what's going on, right? But it also, and then it's a ritual that identifies me in a sacred word that identifies with Dave Ramsey, if you're familiar with that brand. Because if I'm at a restaurant and I ask the waitress, I'm like, hey, how you doing? And she's like, 
better than I deserve, I'm like, okay, I know what's happening here. <laughs> like you are working your butt off right now. You're living like no one else. So later you can live like no one else, which is uh, another Dave Ramsey creed. Um, so, uh, and I'm giving her like a $150 tip, right? Cause I like, you're paying, you're paying, you're getting out of debt. You're right. Just because you said it better than I deserve. Cause that invokes the, that I associate that with that brand, uh, with the Dave Ramsey brand, right? So you have these, these rituals, the repeated inter- interactions. Uh, you also need to know who the, I forget what number I'm on. Am I on five? I think I did five. I don't know. I'll just, whatever order they happen to be in, uh, the, the non-believers, which are, who are we not? Like who, who, like in order for people to stand with me, it means I have to stand for something. And when we stand for something, we're standing against something else. So who, who are the people who are not us? Like the people, like, so for example, uh, maybe in our case here with this podcast, like we are not the people who are running ourselves ragged in our business life while trying to just kind of keep things together in our family life. Instead, we're trying to like put the family life first and using the business to support our family, right? And and we're trying to find ways that make both of them fruitful at the t- same time rather than like I just put all my creative energy, like my best creative energy of my life goes into my business and my family gets whatever's left over at the end of each day, right? That's not really who we are, Um you need uh, the leader, which is like who's leading the charge for this, uh, who who represents this this mission, who's embodying this this charge, this creed that we're following, and uh, and this and this backless creation story. Um, and then also you need the sacred words. The sacred words is like the inside brand language. Every industry has its own language. Uh, that is like industry specific, like the finance world versus medical world versus sports world. But I'm, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about inside the actual like um, brand. So each team has their inside language, right? Like I'm in Cincinnati. Who day? <laughs> it's like inside language for 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 Bengals here. Uh, you've got. Um, uh, like there's fi- lots of financial lingo, but Dave Ramsey has his own his own internal uh, language too, like better than I deserve, or or that's more of the creed. Um, what would be a sacred word? Well, let's use Starbucks for example. Like I don't drink coffee. I've tried it a time or two, and each time it tasted like burnt water. And I've just people are like, yeah, you gotta like learn to acquire the taste, and I'm just like, I don't feel like spending the amount of money it's gonna take for me to learn how to acquire that taste. I'm out. I'm sorry. So, so I just, I haven't bothered. Uh, so when I go into Starbucks, like I don't speak that language. They could have called it a small, medium, and large, but instead they call it a vente, a grande, and something else, you know? So that And they do that on purpose. So you walk in there, you feel like, I belong here. I can speak this inside language of this, of this coffee shop. So um, those are the seven elements when it, that the signals that people need to get when it comes to your brand. And um, all seven of those can be squarely and very well integrated into a, into a YouTube channel. And when you see the top creators on YouTube who are just killing it, most of the time they have like all seven of those things just very deeply ingrained in their content. So much so that you don't even really notice it. That's when you know that they're doing it really well. So those are seven elements that get people to really fall in love with your business quickly and fall in love with your YouTube content and, and, how, and how you integrate those things. 
those things are also true of the family. Like what the family has, if you think about it, like your family is a brand, okay, to your children. And I have like this family, let's just say we have like a, the, the family, the Schmoyer family brand. That's weird, kind of like no one thinks of their family as a brand, but it kind of is. Like if you think about it, it really is like a brand. If, if, it's a, if a brand is defined as a belief system that people share, then that could be true about about the family. And so the family could have its own creation story. Like, where did we come from? And, and, and that's really important for children to understand. It makes them feel rooted. It makes them feel like they're, they're part of something bigger than just themselves. Like, what's the creation story from your, your family? It could just be you and, like, your wife or me and my wife. But it could be, like, and should be, even grandparents and the Schmoyers. Like, what's our story? Like, what... Schmoyer, the word Schmoyer wasn't always our last name and evolved from like Schmier to Schmeyer to Schmoyer over time as um, the original people from Germany migrated over here, migrated, is that the right word, uh, immigrated over here and, uh, and uh, settled Pennsylvania Dutch area. Like, like knowing that heritage is important. What are the icons? Like we have some pretty intentionally in our home. When you walk in, we have our, our Shemoyer Family Vision Board right there. We've got a whole bunch of stuff from when I went to Israel um, a couple of years ago and some other things. We have like a little Israel type of um, shelf when you first walk in. Those are some iconic. We have a big T and a D there with Shemoyer from Tim and Dana uh, as well. So there's lots of like iconic things around our, our home that represent um, things for our, of our family's brand. Uh, what are the rituals that you have? These are so important. We actually, man, I could just do a whole episode on this actually, on on rhythms, like on. And, and so I'm, I'm kind of tweaking the word a little bit. A ritual rhythms uh, in the family might be they're, they're different, but but synonymous in some ways. We have a weekly rhythm that that our family follows on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Like a really big important rhythm to us. A ritual is is we shut off the computers and put away our phones. And Friday night, we have a big celebratory meal together where we uh, kick off our day of rest. And and it's just, we sometimes do it with other friends, either at our house or someone else's house. But that is a, that is a ritual that my kids really look forward to. Uh, another ritual in our day is we usually kick off most mornings reading the Bible together as a family and just discussing it for a little bit. Uh, so we have daily rhythms, we have weekly rhythms with our day of rest and our family day, all day Saturday where we're just having fun, playing games together, um, maybe going on hikes or bike rides and you know just doing, doing fun things, and then our regular work rhythm. So that rhythm it makes our kids feel so like, um, I don't know what the right word is, like feel so secure when their environment and their weekly rhythm is consistent, their annual rhythm is consistent with the holidays and the festivals that we celebrate and what we do on those things. It's one of the things that makes some of the holidays so powerful and meaningful is that it's a predictable rhythm. Like like you just know what you're going to do on Christmas and, and you expect that, for example. Right? Okay, so you guys get the idea. Um, the family can have inside language. It can have its own sacred words like, like one of ours for our family is, uh, well, a lot of them are on that, that vision board we talked about last week, but also just um, like uh, good work brings good reward, right, is, is something that we say around here a lot. Um, so we have our inside language. We have 
Uh, I, well, I'm kind of lost train of thought. Which, which way we going here? I, or let's see, I've talked about icons. Um, you get you get the picture, right? There's the non-believers. Who are we not? Like we are not the families who are you know just content to live a certain way. We are like we live this way, and the leader, my wife and me together, and uh, and then even grandparents to some extent as well. So uh, that is like all those those elements can be a part of our family. And when they're all there, they make for a much more compelling family story. Let me read this. I'm going to read something to you guys. Hopefully make it not sound too like I'm reading, but actually make it sound good. Uh, so this, I want to read the story of two different types of families here. And I did not make these up. I did not write these. These are coming from a... a um, kind of like a, like a Bible study type thing that uh, I used to facilitate more um, and would love to do it again, just haven't made as much time. It's called Story Form Life. And in here, it's written by a guy named Jeremy Pryor, a, a friend of mine here in Cincinnati area. And he writes these two different narratives and they're, they're written like an interview. And this first one is an interview of a teenager from you know biblical times, maybe in Jesus' day. And the, the teenager's son, name is fictional, of course, but you get the idea. His name is Yitzhak, son of Asa, from the tribe of Judah. Okay, So his bio is that he lives in a village. He has three siblings, two older brothers, one younger sister. And his family owns 23 acres of olive trees, 35 acres of wheat, as well as 84 sheep, 14 goats, and the family home in the village, as well as a variety of sheds and barns on their land. They employ three full-time servants, two who assist in the household, and one who has an assistant foreman for projects. They employ between two and 20 seasonal employees, depending on whether it's uh, harvest time or another peak season. And in his family home live all of his siblings, including his older brother's wife and their two children, his great aunt and his grandfather, who is a widower and a village elder representing their family and serving their community. Okay. All right, so here's the first interview question. The interview question is, describe your family. And Yitzhak says, We are descendants of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Jacob from the tribe of Judah and the line of Jahab, who led our family in the war against the Greeks 200 years ago. Before the Romans took over, our family owned 200 acres of olive trees, but we have slowly begun to sell our land to pay the heavy taxes put on us by the Romans. My father has asked me to earn a new trade for our family in case we lose the rest of our land. Who are your heroes? My biggest hero is Jahab. We still have his sword and shield hanging in our home. My grandfather tells us stories about him and other ancestors on our, of our clan every Sabbath. What do you want to do when you get older? I'm hoping to learn the skills of blacksmithing and to sell my wares and services to help my family keep our land and eventually buy more of it back from a Roman centurion. What is your family hoping to accomplish this year? We are hoping to save enough from the harvest and from all the lambs that were born this year to buy back one of our acres and to add a room onto the house for when my second oldest brother is wed. What would you like to accomplish this year? I'm learning ancient Hebrew from our rabbi and hope to honor my family by being able to read the Torah while at my bar mitzvah. My parents will also have paid for me to learn some valuable skills from Joseph the blacksmith, and I hope to bring in twice as much this year as last year by repairing equipment for families in our village. What is your biggest hope? That the Messiah will return and bring justice to my family for all the suffering we endure under the Romans. Also, that our home and land would be established forever and our descendants would live at peace in the land. What is your biggest fear? 
that we would be forced to pay even higher taxes and sell the rest of our land, and that our family would have to hire ourselves out to other families, and then our name would disappear from the families of Israel. So that's like, that's the interview. Uh, and, and you can see as you're like, re, as I'm reading through it, you've got the backstory about Jahab and the war and the conflict there. And you've got the icons, which is like a sword and the shields standing up there. You've got the grandfather who's telling, telling them stories about their ancestors every, every week. So you got the creation story. Um, you've got, and, and the rituals that are involved there. You've got the, um, uh, the non-believers, like the Romans, the people who they're who they're not, who's they're they're, they're standing up against. You've got uh, you got the 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 leaders. You've got the um, sacred words that, that like everything is all of that is, that stuff is here. You've got um, the, the, even like a big goal, a big vision, kind of like I talked about in the last episode is here. And like you have a teenager who's just got full of direction and vision and purpose and feels like he's part of something bigger. Uh, the family story, the creeds, the icons, the rituals, the sacred words, all of that is here in, in, this, in this story, right? So let's kind of compare that as a much shorter story to an interview with a teenager, maybe of our day. Uh, we'll just fictitiously call him Brad Johnson. Brad lives in a middle-class Christian home in the suburbs of Atlanta. He's 12 years old and has an 8-year-old sister. His dad works as a regional rep, sales rep for P&G, and his mom works part-time teaching preschool. He goes to Roswell Middle School. His grandparents and his dad's side live in Richmond, Virginia. His grandma moves into an apartment near their home so that Brad's mom can help care for her. Okay, so same, same interview questions. Describe your family. Well, my parents are nice, but a little strict. My sister is totally annoying. My mom helps me with my homework. My dad helps coach my little league team in the spring. Who are your heroes? Huh, I haven't heard, I haven't thought about that before. I guess a few of the baseball players on the Braves are pretty cool. What do you want to do when you get older? I'm not sure. I'll probably go to college and have to decide then, but I think I want to be a professional baseball player. What is your family hoping to accomplish this year? Uh, I think we want to go on another vacation to Florida this summer and maybe get a new car. What would you like to accomplish this year? I hope to be a pitcher on my baseball team this spring and to make more friends at school. I really hope I get a, a Wii for Christmas. What's your biggest hope? That the Braves make it to the World Series and that this cute girl at school will notice me. What's your biggest fear? That I won't have any friends at school and be treated like a nerd by the pop, the popular kids. Right, so like very different stories. Like I'm not dogging on Brad Johnson or his family or anything. I'm just like you can just look at that, and there's the primal branding elements aren't there. Like the creation story isn't a part of it. The there's the rituals aren't really there. There's no like creeds. There's no sacred language. There's no like non-believers. Like and it, and because it's missing. A lot of those elements like this, this Brad Johnson's heart for his family doesn't feel like is 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 captured as much by his family as as Yitzhak, where that family primal brand is like built into this story. So, when I just think about us as, as like parents and what does that mean for us, it just kind of like, yeah, what does it look like for me to build the Schmoyer family brand? As, as intentionally as I build the, our, our video creators brand and incorporate those elements and not only to capture the attention 
uh, of people who are potential customers, but also to capture the attention of my kids and their hearts and feel like, no, I, I want to be home. I'm not trying to escape from here. I, I, like this is where I love to be. This is where I feel like I belong. I'm a part of this. And not that they couldn't go away to do other things and hang out with friends, but it's like, is like I remember as a teenager growing up and things like, and it's natural. You just you want to get away, be start being independent, experience freedom. But I would like for my kids to at least like think about it, <laughs> you know, like hesitate and and. I heard from someone, someone told me, they're like, Tim, whoever lives the greatest story wins. And I think it's true. Like when, when you are living a good story and, you, and, you, and you're living this, this type of story with your family that really captures their hearts, I think it tends to capture the attention of, their, of, your, of our kids' friends even. Um, so I'm not really at that stage of life yet. I don't really know because my oldest is 11. I think we're starting to get there pretty soon. Probably this, this upcoming year, is my, uh, we're going to have to start intentionally doing uh, some more um, things with our, with our kids and friends of theirs and stuff, which will be cool. But that's where I'm at right now, and that's kind of what I'm thinking. And I would love to hear from you guys about your thoughts, your reactions, your questions, your comments, your pushback on, on concepts like these. Because I'll be honest, like, I think about this stuff a lot in my head, and part of the reason I wanted to start this podcast is, like, to kind of get it out there. But it doesn't really mean that, like, like I'm kind of, like, I think I'm onto something here. Like, this makes sense to me. Does this make sense to anybody else? So uh, use, if you're, wherever you're listening, whether it's Spotify or iTunes, or if you're thinking, listening here in Anchor, there's a link in the show notes you can click on that will take you to, to, to a link where you can just leave a voice message uh, for me that I can use in an upcoming episode. And it doesn't, you don't need to download any apps or anything like that. It's, the link should just work when you get there. So um, we'd love to, to hear your reactions and thoughts and what you guys are thinking and maybe take make us into a, like a little dialogue. So use, use that. I'm looking forward to hearing from you guys. And uh, what does this mean to you and your family? And uh, what, you, what are your takeaways from this? So looking forward to hearing from you guys. It's about 10.15. My wife's still not home. So I'm going to take this opportunity to go get a little snack, get ready for bed. And I have, uh, I think I have uh, back-to-back meetings all day tomorrow. And then I have Fridays just full of consultations, YouTube consultations. So, um, yeah, I got a lot to, to prep for. But good hangout with you guys, and uh, we will catch up soon. Thanks.